Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn, looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members of our forces. So this is a very special episode for us because we're joined by the one and the only Fred Nietzsche or Nixie. I forget how you spell it, um, but he's at Cognitarians and uh, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, guys. It's great to be here. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while, I think, but it never like worked out because I was, I don't know, uh, too actually working coronavirus wasn't around during that time <laughs> yeah exactly yeah oh i was that, gonna say no we're excuse. all we're all dying a slow death in neoliberalism so it's like you know mm. <laughs> um i wanted to share a quick story before we dive back into Alyssa milano's tits um <laughs> so i had the great pleasure last sunday of getting to watch porn with my family on zoom mm. So my uncle, he hosts, he hosts this, like, he calls it quarantine coffee talk where me and my family and some of his friends all get on zoom. But, uh, as you guys may have heard, zoom has been getting trolled pretty hard. So people are finding zoom rooms that have been posted publicly or aren't locked and infiltrating them and causing a lot of mayhem for these old people. Well, I never thought that would personally happen to me. And and let me just say, it's traumatizing watching porn with your grandmother, your uncle, and your mother. Um, <laughs> it's like some getting railed by a, a giant 12-inch cock is not mm. what I wanted to <laughs> see. Um, but so basically... Uh, he, my uncle, when he set it up, didn't put any security settings on it. So it's just like open to the world. Um, so some person who's been trolling on zoom comes by, puts porn on the, on the screen and starts screaming the N word at the top of her. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) And you can imagine that it was a little off putting and I felt really liberalism. Well, yes, that, um, (laughs) It was a little putting and I felt bad mostly for my uncle because, you know, this is like a special thing for him. And we're all just trying to make each other feel a little better about coronavirus and dicks are just flying in our faces left and right. And the N word wow. is being shouted into our ears. So that was uh, definitely check that off my bucket list. Mm. Well, maybe that's good because like we shouldn't be able to have any retreat or safety from this crisis, you know, like that artificial little piece you had like maybe it should be invaded by dicks yeah. and the n-word just to remind us that just like to keep us alive you know yeah yeah because you were you were still on the internet that's the yeah. thing is that you had right. to be, be reminded like this false whatever like bit of say it's like you were like the green zone and that guy's posting dicks was like those people what whatever yes. i'm trying to reference the fucking greens embassy being thing you get it you get what i mean yeah, it's Damn a revolutionary it. uh, yeah. emancipatory act. It's it's literally it's praxis. It's praxis. Yeah. <laughs> so, Fred, you yeah. are you're in the middle of yes uh, a deadly deadly crisis. Uh, they're having to use your apartment. I hear for body storage now. Yeah, um, what's it like um, being in uh, NYC during this crisis? Uh, I mean. 
it's not really that different. Like most, like most people in New York are just little rats in their little horrible apartments, like <laughs> in their little holes, and they just scurry around between places. <laughs> and that's what people do now, still, but just like a little more accelerated. Um, and like no one ever looked at each other really, and like people especially don't look at each other now. But it's it's just like emphasize the inhumanity of the place even more. And it's been this like really easy transition into it. Like it's to me, that's the most interesting thing about it is that it's like not that different, <laughs> mm. you know? Um, yeah. So like there's a guy that's zoom calling you and he's like, Hey, I'm walking here. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I've, I've adjusted pretty quick. I guess like I can't order takeout. I I, I mean, I, I still could order takeout because I think that's still going on, but like, I don't trust them, you know? Um, right. Cause they're Asian. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, there is a Chinese place right across the street from me, but they closed. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think a lot of the Chinese places around here did just permanently close up. I don't know. Damn. Yeah. Like it's going to be weird to see, what kind of shit reopens? Because a lot of these places were on their last legs, like the comic book shops, a lot of these mm-hmm. restaurants. Like, I don't know what it's going to be like afterwards. No one does, really. I don't know. Um, but it's, yeah, it's super scary. Uh, every time every time you leave, it could be the last time. Like, I don't know if you saw the other day, I uh, went to, I posted about how I thought I was going to die. Um, I probably do that a lot, though, so I don't know. But this one, like, really felt like it. I I wanted glasses because I didn't have any, and I heard that like you can get the virus in through your eyeballs. So yeah. I went out to get some glasses, and the nearest like Rite Aid to me, which I thought would be the best bet for that, is right next to like a major hospital in Brooklyn. Jesus so, Christ! Yeah, and I was high and I'm stupid, so I was just like, oh, that's the closest one. I'll just go there. I'll get some sunglasses, and then I just picked up some sunglasses and just put them directly on my face, um, and then like I walked for five minutes and I was like oh shit I just put virus on my eyes just and then I just I wrote my whole obituary in my head like you know if he didn't go to that fucking place right next to the hospital buy those glasses and poison his own eyes he would have still been here I don't know but that was on Saturday and I don't have any more symptoms yet so I don't think I actually did poison my eyeballs then but (laughs) I'm sure I will make some other horrible dumb decision when I'm high and out in the world Um, I don't know so it's, it's like this weird like Vietnam in your head all the time, I guess. Like, you know, there could be little mines everywhere. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I have OCD, so I hyperanalyze all this stuff, which mm-hmm. can be good because, like, you, you can look out for traps, but, like, you can also, like, overanalyze shit after the fact and drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, like, it. it's a time where, like, it's really bad to have allergies during this time too. Cause oh like God. you're coughing yeah. and shit. And like, I've, I've had a dry <laughs> cough for like a two weeks and I'm like, I'm dying. Yeah. And like, if you do that when you're out shopping or walking around here, like people will look at you like they want to fucking kill you or something. Um, <laughs> right. Understandably. Like if I saw a guy coughing near me, I would be like, motherfucker. God damn it. Like I, I'm getting mad at people's dogs cause dogs can carry it. Like, <laughs> dogs run around free. People are still doing like the Brooklyn, like I'm jogging while walking my dog and like just take up the whole sidewalk. It's like them jogging with their limbs flailing everywhere, the leash and then the dog. And like, there's just no space on the sidewalk. It was like, 
you're all just filling dis- disease everywhere. I don't know. Um, yeah, I live kind of close to Prospect Park, this big park in Brooklyn. And uh, I go there sometimes still, but lots of dogs, lots of people biking and jogging, droplets flying everywhere because it's getting warm now and sweaty joggers like, Ugh. you know, way too into it. Yeah. It's getting their sweat everywhere. Um, yeah, it's it's horrible. It's <laughs> I, guess, I, I guess I started out saying it hasn't changed that much. But um, I don't know, like, it's just like all of the bad things about New York are like lethal now because like it was always <laughs> annoying to have like sweaty right. people near you or like your dumb dogs or whatever. But now it could like all kill you. <laughs> I don't know. So it was all just like minor inconveniences. Now it's lethal potentials. Um, yeah, I don't know. But it's it's not great. And who, who the fuck knows when we'll be able to leave? I thought they were going to quarantine the city. Like going back a couple weeks ago, um, yeah. I was pretty sure they were going to quarantine the city. They still might. It, it seems like the the rates have leveled off uh, here, um, and like they have. Like they used to be worried they were going to run out of hospital beds, but I, I think I heard Governor Spaghetti say uh, that they have <laughs> enough beds now, so they don't have to worry about that. Um, Wait, is th- oh, so Cuomo Spaghetti? Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's got a big crush on Cuomo now. Uh, I, yeah. yeah, we talked about that like two, what I think a couple pods ago, where I mentioned how disgusted I was that him and his brother get to act out their like incest fantasy on CNN every night. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, have you guys you know, seen man. the picture of his nipple ring? Like, I'm pretty sure he has a nipple ring. <laughs> of course, yeah, that was like the main thing on Twitter last week or whatever it was. Uh, it might just be deformed nipples. I don't know. Like maybe his dog chewed his nipples. They're just pepperoni. <laughs> no, that's the, they're like actual pepperonis or like little calzones. <laughs> no, it's what happened after calzones instead of nipples. <laughs> yeah, it's what after it's what yeah. happened after Chris like had come over the other night. Like he had aggressively <laughs> they did aggressive nipple play, and then the next day he's like, "Oh he fuck, my I fucking nipples in the calzones, oh man." So, so in Georgia, I turned his fucking nipples yeah. in the cow zones. I swear, <laughs> great night. It's just another normal night for us Cuomo's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have this image of every New Yorker having, like, just playing like a, a soprano soundboard, like from their computer at oh, night, yeah. and like crying themselves to sleep, being like, "This is what <laughs> I'm missing. This is what it's taken from us." Yeah, dude. Well, no, actually, we're getting great new sopranos content. Like there's Ooh. a podcast starting. Did you hear about that? No. It's Michael Michael Imperioli, Christopher Maltesanti himself, and Bobby Bobby whatever the fuck his last name was. Shripa. Uh, Shripa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing a podcast about The Sopranos. I think it just started this week, where they're going through like in order and they're talking about every episode, which is kind of perfect timing oh, when everyone's cool. shutting their houses. So you can just like <laughs> put The Sopranos on on mute, I guess, and just have like them supply the commentary. I don't know. Um, I'm going to let a few of them pile up so I can just like, you know, do a bunch of them because I don't want to wait a week between them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like the only new cultural thing I've looked forward to in a while because I, I feel like there hasn't been anything I've been interested in like at all <laughs> recently. Uh, um, but a podcast with fucking Christopher Maltesanti. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Josh, play the soundboard again. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I have this sound ready for you. It's a gorgeous piece of cools. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Josh, if you can remember, get the. I, I want you to get the. This sounds very gay. <laughs> like snippet from that. Yeah. Okay. I'll get that yeah, for the next pod. Perfect. I may perfect, use that but. once or twice on uh, on Twitter. Um, like a million times, you mean? That yeah. that was seared into my brain. Finger, man. Itchy like, trigger finger. I, I see something that I just yeah. you know pull the trigger. And um, I had a, I had a, I had not actually seen that episode that it came from yet. So I just what seen, you just said sounds very gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just seen it like a million times over, and then the scene happened. I was like, "Ha ah, ah, ha! It's that's it, that's it right there." And I had to rewind it because I was too excited that I could. I didn't take it all in the first Good. time. Good. Yeah. That's the correct way to watch Sopranos: just be overwhelmed what? with excitement. What does that say? That's not on my end. I don't think it sounded horrible. Mad? Is that you? Yeah, it's them trying to freak out the dog. What the? Oh, fuck? Okay. Well, they're freaking me out. Yeah, wow. they're they're trying to like. I thought it was easy to freak out your dogs. Like, like the last time I was over, I just walked, and that was enough to like fucking set them off. So that'll usually do it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But um, it's funny hearing, it's funny hearing that kind of story, like your story about how it is in there, like just down here, it's like. Um, I feel like I don't know. You've got like a range of things. Like Josh, where, where where Josh is, like Fulton is pretty hard hit. Um, I live out in the like the middle of fucking nowhere, as does my girlfriend. So we're able, like, we both b- both basically are like kind of in like whatever, like an oasis out here, right? Where no one's really sick yet. But um, you know. I don't know. It's just interesting hearing that. I mean, but like even you, know what you also don't have that, out there. What's that? Five G. Yeah, we don't have five G. Josh, no, Josh, Josh, there, Josh huh? you have 5G? in Atlanta. Yeah, I think I so. Have, I don't have a five G phone, so I don't have the capability of using oh, it. Yeah, but the power's still there yeah. and poisoning people. Yes, exactly. Is yeah, my brain. Now? So huh? is it is the idea that 5G is causing corona or is that this just been like a happy coincidence? Um, well, I think that is a conspiracy theory that's out there. Yeah. So you look at the coverage map and coronavirus outbreaks. They happen to <laughs> coincide. But, um, you know, you didn't hear that from me. No, 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 no. Um, I was going to ask about testing in New York because... In oh. Georgia, like you basically have to be six year older and have had coronavirus for like a week before they'll even think about giving you a test. Um, yeah. How restricted is the supply of tests in New York? Like, can you just walk out and get a test right now or have you been tested? <laughs> I have not been tested. Uh, I can't imagine it would be too easy. Um, honestly, I haven't left like a pretty small area around my apartment in like three weeks. Um, so I'm not the best source for like what's going on on the ground in New York. Cause I'm just going to the grocery store and coming home pretty much. Um, but from what I hear, there are enough tests now, but um, still not, or there are more tests than there used to be, but s- still not uh, the extent that's needed. Um, I also don't want the test because I have to stick a Q-tip like all the fucking way back in in your mm. skull, um, yeah. which I don't really 
enjoy. So, yeah, I think uh, if you don't have any symptoms and well, I I talked to someone whose dad was positive and, uh, you know, they were living in a close space together. And so it was likely that they were going to have it. Uh, but they told her not to even bother getting tested and just to like assume that she had it. Mm. So like they're telling you like if you think you have it, then just assume you have it and like go home and yeah. take Tylenol. Um, I don't know. Yeah, go home and take Tylenol, Tylenol, and hope you don't need a fucking ventilator, right? Yeah, like yeah. One of my students told me that because her dad uh, had tested positive and she was pretty sure that she had it too because they were all living together um right but yeah they told her let's like yeah you probably have it self-isolate take Tylenol hope for the best you're young so you probably won't die but you know um, unless you're one of like the like one of like those 19 year olds who have just dropped dead from it like sure man yeah yeah there's really it's funny how little we know about it like the consensus about it changes all the time like at first it was just like, oh, only old people or super sick people are going to die. But then like all of these healthy young people start dying. And then like it was like, oh, someone needs to like cough in your face. But now it's like, oh, they, they can like travel on air particles. So like or like survive yeah. on surfaces for fucking three weeks or whatever. Um, so, yeah, we keep learning more about it. And everything we learn about it is just worse and worse. Um but yeah, you're saying that in your area, like you can only get tested if you're like over 60 and have had symptoms for a week. So you're basically like half dead and then they test you. Yeah, <laughs> basically that's yeah. that's how you find out. Um, so yeah. we don't know. We don't know how many people actually yeah. have the thing, which is an, a, I say the scariest part because. Uh, well, one, our governor uh, being the bright, <laughs> the bright man he is, didn't didn't like do any research on this or wasn't updated oh on anything about the virus. And so the other day we wake up to I think we all collectively woke up to a news article saying uh, Kemp decides to uh, close down the state because he just learned that it can spread via asymptomatic people like he's or, such a. <laughs> he's so fucking stupid he's so oh my god josh we show me that like this fucking guy is out there saying oh apparently uh, a virus can spread through the air huh that's weird it's like you stupid <laughs> motherfucker god, yeah we're we're relying on a guy who is if he had a choice he'd be dre- he'd be barefoot with a pair of fucking overalls on no shirt underneath and a fucking straw hat that's the guy who's in our fucking governor's palace right now making decisions based on this that's the guy God who uh, stole, who who oversaw his own election yes this guy is going to be the one to save us from fucking coronavirus like in 4 weeks from now he's going to be like <laughs> I that's straight. It's it's weird. I, you know, people didn't never said that it could kill you. That's weird. Like that's what we're gonna get. This yeah. guy's like he's operating on like a four month lag. Yeah, so, it's this guy who's like you know bathes once a week maybe, and he's just wearing like a fucking garbage bag. Uh, and was like, yeah, I'm gonna keep this the whole state clean. Trust me. <laughs> like a guy who is educated in a one room schoolhouse. That's what we get. Yeah. Yeah. And it was but like it was depressing because in the article it said like, oh, if I had known that it could spread via asymptomatic people, I would have closed down weeks ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. And then, 
And then, but like that's been known for a while, hasn't it? Like, like hasn't it been yeah, spread that way? Everyone for a while? knew this. Yeah. Everyone but Camp knew this. Everyone but this fucking bumpkin. This fucking yeah. like knuckle dragging, <laughs> moonshine swigging bumpkin. You know, he's like. So, so he's saying that if I had known this widely available information earlier, then I would have done this. So he's like mad at himself for being stupid, but like he's making it as as an excuse. Like, well, if I had known that, but like you're dumb, you should have fucking known that. But he's like indignant about his own idiocy. I don't know. It's a lot of psychology yeah, so, going on there. So this article comes out, and we're like, okay, great. Uh, he's gonna put in a stay a shelter in place order and shut down the state, right? So he does that. But then, like, two days later, he's like, oh, but you can still go to beaches. We're still leaving all the beaches open. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, that order, like, the idea is, like, oh, crack down on whatever. Like, people having parties or get-togethers and shit like that. Because people are still doing that. Like, on my way home, I drove by, like, one of my, like, I drove by a house. And there's, like, eight, eight, like, ten 10 to 12 cars in the parking lot and like 15 guys gathered around like a, like a boat motor. Like, like (laughs) how the fuck are you going to like enforce this sort of thing? You know? Yeah, man. Uh, That's why I don't see it stopping anytime soon. I don't know. Like didn't Fauci the other day say that like, we might never go back to normal or like not until there's a vaccine and that won't be for like 12 to 18 months. So Yeah. Who's oh, Fauci? Like, I've heard Fauci, Fauci? before. Yeah, who's uh, Fauci? Cole, Cole, Cole. What? <laughs> Got Dad, Fauci, man. D- don't you mean Daddy Fauci? Exactly. Oh, he's, he's, the, the, he's the guy that people want to fuck. Yes. He's the new mullet. Yeah, yeah, okay. I've exactly. heard, I've heard, okay, I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All the same weird, like, liberal blue check people who fetishize, like, the 80-year-old Robert Mueller <laughs> um, all want fucking Fauci to be their new daddy. Who's like 79. Yeah. He's like the director of the Center for Infectious Disease at the National Institutes of Health. Um, Yeah. But like there's some tension because he hasn't been like at the recent briefings and like Trump might not like him because he's really put because Fauci wants this big national lockdown and Trump doesn't. So there's some tension there. And like, you know, all the QAnon people, they hate Fauci. They think he's just like a Hillary Clinton stooge or whatever. Um and so, yeah, who knows if Trump's buying into that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's absolutely no way that Trump likes this guy. Like, like, no. like, there's absolutely no way. Like, they probably met and, like, you know, uh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to imagine them holding any conversation where Fauci doesn't say a word that Trump doesn't understand. And then Trump takes it to mean, OK, I don't like this guy at all. Like, like, yeah. Trump Trump immediately thinks that any word he that he doesn't understand is an insult against him. Like exactly. like this guy said like gratuitous and Trump was like, What the fuck did you say to me? <laughs> What'd you call me? You know, so yeah, it's you- basically like Mac on Always Sunny, like same kind of thing. Yeah, like exactly. Instead of big words to him, he would just get pissed off at you. Yeah. Like it'd be your fault. I don't know. I feel like Trump is kind of Mac from Always Sunny in, in a lot of ways. Um I don't know. Where but, he's, uh, he's, you know, a Bible-thumping Christian, but actually himself is gay. Is secretly gay, exactly. Homosexuality. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all I meant by that. I love, the thing that I love about Fauci is that 
this is the one time Trump is forced to have an actual expert on TV on the stage with him. And you can just see like Trump will say shit that is completely wrong. And Fauci will go up and like contradict him and say, no, this is wrong. This is what we actually should be doing. And he can't just fire him. So what he's trying to do is just erase him from even being in the meat. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like Trump goes up there and gesticulates and is like, folks, they're saying you go out to your car, you put your mouth on the, on the tailpipe, you, you inhale, it cures you. It's, it's a hundred percent cure. And Fauci's like, uh, actually you can't, you can't inhale carbon. It will not work. And Trump is like this son of a bitch. I'm going to deal with you. Um, this guy has been in offense since 1984. So exactly. He was like the George he was Orwell like, year. Yes, yeah, yes, the only good year, right? Um, so he, that so shows he's been like, we yeah, So he's been doing this since like AIDS. So yeah, was it's actually the guy so, who invented it. Yeah, he had sex with the monkey that <laughs> created AIDS. The original AIDS monkey, Fauci fucked it to create said, AIDS, and that's how he got the job. AIDS, so you can be the the chief AIDS guy. He went to the Wuhan province and just bit the bat's head off and drank the blood. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's why he's the number one guy. You know. He, he's the one who took the um like uh the pangolins and skinned them and made like yeah. a like a vest out of them and wore exactly. it to the fish market every day. It's called doing the work. <laughs> he's, he's like, I gotta, he's like, I gotta justify myself being in there. So we're, we might as well go ahead and kill. But Fauci, you're going to kill half the world. He's like, good. <laughs> yeah. So did this? So this guy was like, whatever, head doctor, bitch. When AIDS was like killing. So did he do anything to help with that? Like, was he good with that? I don't think so. Well, I think like well, like 40 million people died from AIDS or more. So probably he didn't do that great. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't say he handled the HIV AIDS pandemic especially well. I think it like fucking destroyed <laughs> millions of people's lives. And the other one, Dr. Burks, like she was a big AIDS specialist too. She's real weird. Like Fauci, he sounds intelligent when he speaks at least, but like Burks just seems kind of out of it and like overwhelmed and like I don't know what she was doing before this but like I think Pence just like plucked her out and said like you're going to be on the task force um yeah and so she's the one that they're relying on more because I think she'll just do whatever Trump or Pence tell her to do um and she's always wearing like a different weird scarf or some kind of weird get up every I don't know I think she's on something um yeah but you were saying how it sucks, like, your governor's uh, response to this because he was really dumb. But, like, yes, it's also bad if they're really competent, too. So, like, the mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, he's, like, way on top of this. And he's, like, too good. Uh, he, he's, like, relishing it almost. And he, like, announced this system for snitching where, like, if you, you know, find someone who's violating social distancing, you can fucking call some new form of police they set up and get a fucking reward or whatever um so like it's bad either way if they're like really Mm. unprepared like your guy or if they're like too prepared like him i don't know 
like that's why Cuomo's handling of it I think has been so good is because like he's just a dumb guy but he's just like hey we're all figuring this out together like we're all trying to understand it together <laughs> yeah. you know um I had a post about this a while ago that like Trump and Cuomo are equally dumb and they're very similar but like Trump doesn't care why he's dumb whereas Cuomo is like interested why he's dumb like he's trying to figure shit out he's like oh maybe I'll understand this Whereas Trump, he like he doesn't want to understand anything. I don't know. So yeah, like, like if you watch Cuomo's press conferences, like it's very basic, going through the powerpoints, and like he's just like explaining it at like the common New York meathead level. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. So his his response has been kind of like a good balance between complete incompetence and like creepy Nazi over overcompetence. Like in yeah. <laughs> so 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 what I'm hearing is like to hit. There's a there's a peak. There's an optimal point. Like you want to let a, a couple thousand people die, yeah. but you, so you don't want the number to be zero. You don't want to have zero deaths, but you also don't want to have millions, you know, keep it in that hundred thousand, 40,000 range maybe. Uh, and that's the sweet spot. That's when you know you're handling the crisis, not the, the best, but the proper, proper way. Got to get exactly. the economy going again, man. We got to keep throwing well, bodies at it. Did you see Cuomo's graphic of balancing the economy and human lives and how we have to find <laughs> that balance? Jesus yeah, what capitalism are we in? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty late, if you ask me. Profits over people. It's good, folks. It's good. <laughs> like, I would have loved if he had just come out right out with it and, like, is like, oh, this graphic's perfect. And it's like on one side's a pile of money and the other side's a pile of corpses. And it's like, folks, we want these two piles to be relatively even. Uh, you know, hope we wanna we wanna balance out the piles. Uh, you know, by the end of this quarter, we're gonna have and then that money pile is gonna start to rise and the corpses will drop. So that's what we want to that's what we wanna see. Yeah. Yeah, that's what being a good governor is all about, just balancing yeah. your piles. Yeah, and, and it's great that like Cuomo's considered like this, you know, humanitarian, enlightened, progressive liberal, and like he's literally just doing like profits over people charts. <laughs> um, yeah, so that shows where the ideological spectrum runs in America from Trump, who just like you know wants to ignore it and open everything up and doesn't care if people die, to Cuomo, who's like, well, we gotta balance the bodies and the money correctly, um, and he's like the far left version. Yeah. yeah, but I think we can all agree that the people who are hurting the most are the celebrities, like Ellen. I feel oh, like yeah, she's, in, yeah. she's, she's in she's in prison right now. She's hating it. Well, she's she's stuck with her. So like like Joe is Joe Exotic. She's Portia de Rossi is like her her straight wife that she's forced into this relationship and and so she now she's like like the fruits of that have come to bear right they're stuck in the same house together so <laughs> yeah and Portia de Rossi's not even hot anymore right like didn't she get too much oh, oh surgery? god looks insane. Uh, yeah uh, huh. oh far far and so cry. that's you know that's like the ultimate dog. fucking that's the ultimate reckoning for Ellen is that like she married Portia de Rossi because she thought she was super hot uh and she was just working all the time, so she wouldn't actually have to be around her. But now she's trapped with her, and she's not even hot anymore. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's a true Joker move, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think we spent enough time talking about Andrew Cuomo's tits, and I want to move on <laughs> to 
to Alyssa Milano's. Let's get her tits in the conversation. That's how we started. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we started. I don't know if we'll keep that in there or not, but I want to bring that back up, you know, re reanalyze this. So um, basically, is Me Too canceled? Like, did someone, did Alyssa Milano cancel Me Too? Me Too got Me Too'd. (laughs) <laughs> by joe biden <laughs> yeah i don't know because like people are still surprised that like me too is full of shit and that it's like a ruling class counterinsurgency tactic and they're still like oh my god i can't believe that this is not convincing people in power to make a change it's like it was never intended oh. to be an actual weapon of changing material conditions or whatever um so of course they're not going to allow it to be wielded you know, to undercut their, um, you know, interests. Um, So, yeah, like people are, I guess, becoming aware aware of this. But like, um, yeah, that's always been the, you know, gist of it, I think. And like, you know, one of the things I've noticed with it is that with the like, so um, like you were saying, like a a tool, the ruling class, but like Mm -hmm. it really was kind of immediately like taken like the concept of women coming out and saying they've been assaulted was taken over by like Alyssa Milano didn't come up with me too. Like she didn't invent it, but she was one of the first ones to glom onto it and then made it basically made it her brand. Right. From then on, like Alyssa Milano, me too. And we associate the two so much. And it's like, she didn't come up with the the goddamn thing. She just like took it for her own. And now in like, uh, like there's a pic, like this picture has been going around lately of like her at like the like the like whatever the meat like the Kavanaugh protest right just like weeping, and I've right. been like just like knowing now what she's like been doing with like endorsing Biden and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I just see that as so like so performative, like this mm-hmm. just absolute person of privilege, like with like like however you know like basically living like you know, right, whatever her experiences with sexual assault and all that, but, like, outside of that, just having no worries in the world, and just, and and we see how, like, like, her class interest will kind of override any, any, any like, feelings she has about sexual assault, about women, or whatever, any solidarity, right? It's because, how, like, it, their ideology is so flimsy, though. Like, you, you can see it. Like, they're, they're, they believe in this, like, you know, they, they think they're the crusaders of justice, right? And they, they start bringing the police and start canceling people left and right. And then the moment that you find like a hole in their logic, it's like they fucking close ranks and they're like, oh, no, like it's, you know, b- believe all women except for certain women because the, those are the bad right. ones. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't, whatever interview she gave where it's like, you know, someone asked her, like, you know, you're pretty closely associated with Biden. And, you know, why do you think his accuser is not getting like like heard in the media? Right. And it's also like this is like a media outlet asking her this is like, why don't you put her fucking story out there? Like you have the option for it. But then she her response was to be like, well, oh, well, the allegations will be heard would would have been heard if they're credible. It's like you sound indistinguishable from you know, like all the people defending like Kavanaugh, right? Like you just sound completely indistinguishable yep. for them. So like, what yep. is your point? What yep. is your purpose of yep. any of this? Yeah. Well, I wanted to go back to a point you made earlier is that like Alyssa Milano didn't 
come up with me too. Like there is one <laughs> yeah. person who I think claims to be the creator of it. Her name's Tarana Burke. Maybe you've heard of her. She's African-American and she founded yeah. it and like branded it that in like 2009 or 2010, maybe um, like, like a long time ago. Uh, and then when it started to get like really mainstream five years or so ago, like she, she I don't know, distance herself from it. And, and she said in interviews, I think that like, it's, uh, gone away from her original vision for it. And yeah, it was co-opted by, you know, white bourgeois liberals like Alyssa Milano as sort of a career move, I guess, or like a branding activity. Cause like, what was her brand before this? I don't know. Um, you know, Clueless. I guess. Uh, was she in Clueless? Yes. I don't think so. No? I've seen that movie hold many on. times. <laughs> hold, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. I have no clue what she's been in, honestly. I like, I just a... know her as bad Twitter woman. <laughs> yeah. She was in Charmed. Was Charmed, right. Like this WB series in like 2002 or something. Um, she, she wasn't was... in Clueless? Holy shit. No, man. I've been living a lie. <laughs> <laughs> That was a big part of your life? Was Alicia, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, she's very girl. different. Okay, okay, okay. Although not really. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she hadn't really done too much. This was her big thing, I guess. But, uh, yeah, you know, bourgeois white liberals co-opting something that was, you know, authentic and real from the experience of an African-American woman. Um, it's pretty sick, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and well, it's like also, it, you know it's like it, also a lot of the people um you know who talk about like bernie bros right they're like oh bernie bros are just like brochialist misogynistic you know white neckbeards and it's like he's like super popular among like latinos right like people course. are just like you know oh like you know he's he everyone like every minority is gonna vote for biden or whatever and it's like no like that's not like you're just like yeah. if you're talking about erasure, like you're erasing those people essentially because you're because they're racist. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Bernie's popular universally among the working class, and the working class, you know, includes Latinos and African Americans and people of every you know uh, background. Um, and saying that like only uh, Biden is interesting to them is fucking insane. I don't know. Yeah. I, I want to, so we, just to give a quick, uh, you know, like, oh, what's Alyssa Milano done outside of that? I will say um, in 2007 and 2008, she won AOL TV's award for top TV witches. So really? that's something she can hang on on her mental. That's what she should go back to, honestly, is being Well, you witch. laugh, but AOL was a very big deal in 2007. You know, um, that's how America got online was that way it was the only way america could go online um you know wait what the fuck this this says the aol tv was defunct in 2002 so why are they still giving out why are they still giving out awards (laughs) why aol tv there hasn't been an aol tv here in 30 years (laughs) what the fuck and okay okay i'm getting too into this you're getting too yeah yeah, man. Pizza. The thing. Pizza. Cole, Cole's going to release his AOL truther video <laughs> in about 30 minutes. Yeah. 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 If you analyze Cuomo's tits in this right way, they look like a little calzone. And you know what calzones are related to? Pizza. <laughs> yeah. Did y'all see Cuomo's, that? Um, 
maybe Cuomo's tits are like a wayfinder or something. Like you have to like hold them up <laughs> in a certain way and like point the way to like where the like next hidden item is or something. Yeah, to where the spaghetti is. Exactly. Yeah. You have to angle the nipple just right into Chris Cuomo's mouth while he's on television. <laughs> yes. And then that unlocks like a larger secret. It'll bring it to the next level. It's just Nicolas Cage like, oh my God, I've discovered the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> That's the movie we all wanted to see. Yeah. The National Treasure Speaking 3 of- with Chris Cuomo's did. Speaking of, of National pizza, Pleasure. Yeah. I just remembered that like there's this clip from uh, whatever uh, Jay Leno where it's JFK Jr. reading out a poem written by Monica Lewinsky when she was nine. And it's a poem about I how she thinks that she thinks of herself as a pizza. It's insane. It's like, what the, what does God want me to do with this information? Right. I don't want to like buy too much into this, but what the, what a, what a confluence of like fucking coincidences. Right. If that is the case, but oof. yeah. I mean, I think honestly, we owe like all those people an apology, you know, like they're, they're so they were so close to the truth. They were like Icarus. They flew too close to the sun. Who, the pizza gators? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, like there's a popular podcast right now. True and on it's basically just like Pizzagate was real and like it's very popular. <laughs> like that's the yeah, premise and of like, podcast. Yeah. Pizzagate and Epstein is like their whole thing. Um, yeah. But it's connected, I think. Yeah, yeah it like, I don't know. Like, if you, it's been, it's fun. I bet if I went back in, like, 2016 and looked at, like, old tweets or something, I'd find ones where I'm making fun of Pizzagate. But it's, like, one fun aspect of my, you know, maturing is that, yeah, yeah, I kind of think it's real. <laughs> so <laughs> I've gone through, like, being like, oh, this is so stupid, yada, yada. To being, this, like, is like, this is what you have so. to realize. Pizzagate is real. QAnon is real. Okay. <laughs> this is reality. <laughs> I accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't think people are ready to have that conversation. No, definitely not. There's, it's kind of weird because, like, you point out, you know, uh, and I mean, like, you've seen this, uh, Fred. Like, you point out, like, hey, this shit's not just like, you know, fake. It's like actually happening, and like, you know, this is factual, right? And then people are just like, oh, yeah, like you're a misogynist. You're you're just a Nazi. You're a Strasserite. I remember when everyone was calling, you know, people Strasserites left and right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, counterinsurgency tactics. Um, label, labeling is always a counterinsurgency tactic. I feel like it uh, stops critique. It stops thoughts. Anything that stops thought serves power. <laughs> so the people who were doing that were serving power um, under the guise of, I don't know, being liberators or something, but they're just being oppressors. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of stopped, like the whole Strasserite thing. Um, I haven't like seen it lately. So. Calling people that? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because of uh, coronavirus or whatever, but like even before then, I feel like it kind of went away. Um, and like anything that is bullshit, I think eventually runs out of steam, right? Like bullshit things have their time, but it eventually exhausts itself because people will see through it 
or the people who are doing the bullshit will get tired of it because they don't actually believe in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like things that are authentic and genuine and truthful always end up winning and, or, you know, continuing on. Um, but like, yeah, the thing of the hysteria of calling people stress rights or whatever, um, was bullshit. So I think it's gone away. I don't know, but yeah. And so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens after this crisis in terms of those things. Like, will all of that make a comeback or will we, you know, realize our real problems and like what reality is after this or like this crisis is either going to make us all much more insane or make us more sane in a way um, by like forcing us to take stock of what really matters and like come to terms with reality in a way. Um, or it could just send everyone spiraling into insanity. Um, yeah. I think it's already starting to scramble people's brains. Like on my Twitter timeline, people are just, they've gone off the rails already. Like, ah, yeah. fuck, I can't handle this shit. I'm going to blow my brains out. I just, <laughs> I'm going to kill myself tonight because yeah. I can't take yeah. being isolated. Um, so Which is I, crazy because it's sad, man. Yeah. No, it, it's super fucking sad. And like, no one knows when it's going to end. So like people, sh <laughs> if you can't be despairing and miserable right now, then I think there's something fucking wrong with you because you're being told that you have to stay inside basically all the time by yourself, more or less for months. Like again, like maybe 12 to 18 months until they get a vaccine and like, then it will really fully be over. Um, and that's your new reality now. And so I think the really sickening thing is people who are like trying like, like a Zizek had an article about this, like uh, barbarism with a human face is like trying to, um, put a happy spin on this and to try to be positive or whatever. And like John Krasinski, that douchebag from the office, he has this yeah. <laughs> very, very popular show like on YouTube or whatever called some good news where he's just like yeah. being super positive and he, you know, it gets tens of millions of views. It's very popular, um, on, on Facebook. Really? Especially. Yeah. Um, it's that popular. I thought it was like, like a bullshit, like, like whatever, like side, like what? Like no, no, it's, it's like the most popular program in America right now, probably. It's like Trump's press, pre Trump's press conferences and then the John Krasinski show. Yeah, it's tens of millions of views. And, and on YouTube, it's like... God God is dead. Yeah. I don't know. Like, we should be going through despair right now. Um, we should be coming to terms with thing, things in a very deep way. And putting this happy face on things, I think, is fucking poisonous and sickening. Um you know, and these people sending work emails around, like trying to keep morale up or like having digital happy hours or whatever. Um, mm. It's all bullshit. And like, it was interesting, the enthusiasm and the zeal with which people uh, adopted the Zoom technology and were like, oh, I'm going to learn Zoom and be so good at Zoom. Um, mm -hmm. And then it ended up like spying on them. And so like all the teachers in New York <laughs> yeah. City aren't using Zoom anymore. <laughs> Because it's oh, like some piece dude, of shit it's software. crazy. Like but I like, thought, I thought yeah. I was crazy, but like I was on a call like with a professor, and we were talking about it. You know, we're talking about like what's going to happen afterwards, and like how you know, like America's full of shit and all this stuff, right? We're just keep talking about it, and like every time I would bring it up, like Zoom would fucking cut me off. Like it would like make. Like wow. here it's like, like it's fine. Right. Like Skype is fine. And they, they were joking and they're like, Oh yeah. Like Matt had two powerful ideas. Like the FBI had to silence him or whatever. But like, I mean, it was literally like today, a one-on-one -on -one call with my professor 
and we're t- we start talking about it again, and Zoom cuts me off again. Wow. So not to get too far into the Zoom conspiracy theory and weeds, but a couple things uh, after I watched porn with my family, I went up and looked uh, <laughs> on stuff about Zoom. And so the reason why all these issues are happening is for a couple reasons. One, they don't use a standard in- encryption. They have their own homebrew encryption. And before they only had about 10 million users and now they have about 200 million users worldwide. Um, so their platform just can't handle that. Uh, another thing, so they have this like weird homebrew uh, encryption. Also, their data, no matter where you are in the world, whether you're in the United States or Europe, if you're using Zoom, your data somehow passes through China. It it goes it goes to China because okay. I guess when they were developing the app, they used some Chinese developers or something like that. Um, you can look that up. But if you want, an article came out from experts saying uh, government agents, um, so politicians and teachers should not be using Zoom because more than likely you're being spied on. Um, but everybody else, uh, just feel free to keep using it. It's safe for you. <laughs> that's an actual article that came out. Fucking <laughs> insane. Yeah, it was so weird how enthusiastically everyone immediately adopted this. And like no one had really ever heard of this fucking thing before. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I love it. And like, let's just have everyone use it. Um, the appeal, like, the appeal is it's it's free. Um, you can do uh, up to a hundred people, even on the free version. But the mm. downside is lack of security. Um, and Zoom, the CEO yeah. actually came out saying he fucked up. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and that um, they're taking all their developers and turning them towards making it more secure. So because um, like I know at my when I was employed, <laughs> we, we can talk about that maybe. But um, yeah. we use Microsoft Teams and WebEx, which are like paid business applications that were heavily encrypted um, and, you know, use use like industry standards where Zoom's fucking the Wild West of online video chat. You basically uh, might as well use uh, like uh, those roulette, like video chat roulette sites chat to roulette, host your yeah. family <laughs> gatherings. Like you just scroll through and a, and, and a random guy is his cock out. That's basically <laughs> Zoom right now. Oh God, what did I just, oh yeah, like my, um, yeah, I had never heard of fucking Zoom before. I still don't really, I still only kind of know what it is. My, um, like when I got told like, oh, we're doing, we're moving all classes to online now. So your face-to-face class is now online. Um, it was like, well, if you want, you we have a, a collaborate feature that you can do uh, where you can give online lectures. And I was like, no, um, but that's cool. That, that's cool that we have that. Uh, right. If yeah. I want that's to. a sane yeah. response that shows that like you're an actual person. Um, yeah. And there's been like a real lack of that in our larger society, I feel like. And that's been really troubling to me. Uh, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, great. Bah, bah, bah. Um, and we're just like too eager to accept all of this shit. I don't know. And like, who know it? And like, I think everything we accept now is going to, if not be permanent, then like be hard to dig ourselves out from. So like, we should be careful. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I saw adjust to now, you know, I saw not your post- so readily. 
system. I saw one of your posts the other day and it was interesting because you were saying that like with social distancing, right? Like you were saying that like uh, it, it's probably going to remain, you know, this is what they want. Like it's probably going to remain this way for a minute, you know, not just like in terms of like, we got to get rid of the virus, but like in terms of just like, Oh, we're all chilling from home now. Like everyone can work from home. Like, you know, all this stuff, which, I mean, there's some people that are like, hell yeah, let's do it. But then others are like, okay, we're already like depersonalized to such a degree to where we, we rarely have human interactions anymore. Everyone has like fucking anxiety and can't like socially function. So how, like, this is going to affect it in like a incredible way. I feel like. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. Um, and I think one of the moves they're going to make is to say that social distancing is green and like this period where people just aren't out, outside as much anymore, they've already shown that it's been like good for the environment in various ways, like the, you know, air quality's improved or whatever, which is great. Um, but I feel like that's going to be a move that Bill Gates and AOC and those kinds of liberals yeah. are going to make is to like, you know, push this idea that social distancing is green. Um, and, and that's like the logical conclusion of the kind of ideology that uh, Zizek often talks about, that like they're trying to get you to think about these huge problems on an individual basis. Like he always mm-hmm. talks about how like, you know, you go to Starbucks and like, you you know, buy some shitty CD and like the profits will go to, you know, some green fund or whatever. Um, and that, you know, that's an ideological tactic by, you know, the capitalist class to um, get us to stop thinking about like the huge fossil fuel companies that are doing all right. this and to think yeah. like about our own culpability and everything. And so like that logic I think can easily be applied to social distancing and be like, you know, um, if you don't stay inside, you're being selfish because every time you go outside, yeah. it's fucking hurting the planet, you know? And, and at like no point, at no point will they say, Oh, we need industry reform or more regulations on, on, you know, how we operate. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Monsanto or not. They're, yes, uh, yeah. They've been in the news most recently from the whole Roundup scandal. Yeah. Um, but delicious, so, delicious Roundup. You know, when we think night. about we, when we think about like uh, bad uh, emissions affecting climate change, we think of you know the dairy and meat industry, and we also think of the coal industry. But one industry we don't really think about a lot um, is the agri-food industry that American companies, aka Monsanto, Cargill, all these big enterprises are basically going around the world and fucking over the poorest and most um, vulnerable nations by buying up their land um, and forcing them to use American seeds, not local varieties. And what happens is because climate change is already a reality for those countries, when they get reliant on the Monsanto inputs like seeds and fertilizer, those crops will end up dying in two years and the problem will be worse than before. And that's another thing. It's like climate change affects every aspect. And so to your point, Fred, I think that's a really that's something we need to be aware of and keep an eye on is that 
we're going to see more and more of this messaging of use the paper straws. And now it's okay, go ahead and stay indoors and don't talk to your friends and don't drive anywhere because look how good is it for the environment. But uh, we have to be wary of that and keep putting the pressure on actual uh, structural change from the capitalist structure, not just the individual structure. So I think that's a very apt point you brought up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's the same. I feel like it's the same ideology as like I was telling, you know, uh, Josh and Cole this, um, Fred, I think you were going to, we've recently seen like an increase in like films that are about cops starring like African-Americans. Right. And I think, the reason why it's happening and I think we're going to continue to see a rise in it. And it's not like, Oh, I'm not against that. I'm just saying like, it's, it's happening because like, you don't look at like, you know, the police as like, you know, part of the oppressive state, right? Like if there's, if the police is diversified, then it's like, okay, the police are the good guys now. But like those police are the same people that are killing people like who speak out against like the state or who, you know, um, who fit this like certain demographic, right? Like they're just putting fucking people in cages, you know? So they're like, you know, but they're like, Oh, look at this, you know, this film with this, uh, you know, hero cop. Right. Yeah. It's about representation. Right. Um, if we, we often hear this from liberal ruling class people that they want to make, uh, the institutions of power look like or reflect the society that we live in. Um, and so, of course, that doesn't change anything. It's just like mirroring. It's Yeah, it's not actual change. Um, Deleuze has a point, a point about that. I'm not going to be able to <laughs> find it right now, but I, I think I had a post about that a while ago. About Yeah, and so uh, it appeals to the, I don't know, narcissism of... Uh, of our of our culture that like uh i don't know i just (laughs) i I think i I get i i get what you're saying is that the narcissism is that oh you as a person or are responsible for you know what's happening and not oh we're all in this together and it's like these are big things beyond like we don't have the power as an individual to make structural change is that kind of what you're getting at or is it a little different than that yeah exactly yeah, um, yeah, it, it's like a safety valve, right? Like, it's just kind of like, okay, well, we're not going to look too deeply into the problem because, like, aesthetically, you know, this looks good on paper. But when you, like, dig deeper into it and you go, okay, well, like, no, these people are, like, disproportionately affected by the violence of the police or the violence of the state against them, you know, or, like, yeah. you know, the poor, you know, right? Like, so we just kind of go have this this fake ideology where it's like, okay, you can you can – make it if you just try hard enough right just learn and i think we're we're seeing like that yeah. turned on its head with the social distancing thing because companies like multi-million dollar and billion dollar companies are failing and people are just like well why don't you just learn how to code stop buying soy lattes yeah exactly well it's um i don't know it's gonna be interesting to see like how many companies do come back from this like and, and like how changed they're going to be. Cause like Disney, I think is an interesting example because they're an unprecedented media monopoly. Like they purchased uh, so many different properties over the last few years. Just last year, they paid what $70 billion for 20th century Fox. So, mm-hmm. so they own the Simpsons and yeah. all of that shit um, as well as Marvel and on and on and on. 
Um, and their their credit, I think, was downgraded really uh, severely last month. And like their whole business is dependent on crowds, you know, like at their parks, they need crowds, yeah. movie theaters, they need crowds. Mm-hmm. And like if crowds don't exist anymore in this new world, what's Disney going to do? Can they adjust? And like they started this shitty streaming service, but like they had one show, The Mandalorian, which I guess was popular. Um mm-hmm. And I think like people signed up for that, but once that show was over, they stopped their subscription or whatever. So yeah, like they might not make it, they might get bought out. And so it's going to be like a super monopoly, like whoever buys it, like it will Apple buy Disney will fucking, I don't know. Um, and that's not something about like movie theaters in general, I think might not come back. Like AMC, yeah, is, the AMC. Biggest, mm-hmm. AMC is the biggest uh, movie theater chain in the country. Their credit score was downgraded like really severely recently. Um, and who knows if they'll ever reopen. I think like there are some signals that like they might go out of business for good. And, you know, you think of, like maybe Netflix will buy them and then there'll be Netflix theaters or something, or like Netflix will try to open their own theaters. I don't know. Um, and I think that would be a shitty future too, because oh, yeah. like, Netflix original movies aren't good. Like there, there's a pretty good <laughs> consensus are, yeah. that like nobody likes them. Um, and yet that's all that we're going to be fucking fed. And like the whole point of Netflix is not going out to a movie is just so like you can watch, watch stuff on your couch. So like it wouldn't even make sense in terms of what Netflix is. I don't know. And like a lot of these malls all around the country were on their last legs already. And a lot of them, like movie theaters, were the only things that were sort of anchoring them still. Um, mm-hmm. So if movie theaters go out of business, then like all the malls are going to close. And like Sears already closed. So like and Sears was a big mall anchor too. Yeah. So yeah, we could be looking at a country where we have empty, permanently empty movie theaters, permanently empty shopping malls. And like all of the suburbs were set up to like lead people to those places. And like, mm-hmm. you know, now, you know, and they're huge structures. They're going to be completely empty. And the parking lots too are just going to be these big empty spaces. Um, so yeah, it could be super fucking dystopian real fast. I don't know if, if the yeah. economy doesn't, yeah. I don't know. I, I, uh, you know, I'm, I don't have any love for like a theater company or, or, you know, a company that owns movie theaters or whatever, but I think, yeah, that would be awful not being able to go to the movies because like, that's, you know, kind of like a, it's like a social experience, you know, you get up, you have to get dressed and actually go and pay attention and put, <laughs> hopefully like put your fucking phone away, you know? And like, yeah, dude. Yeah. See other people. Sneak in booze. Yeah. Sneak in booze, you know, get drunk. While yeah. Watching. And, and yeah. you know, cause like you were saying, and I saw a post of yours, uh, a couple of, the, I think it was a couple of days ago where you're talking about how like, being in in this like social distancing like quarantine like we're realizing how you know uh shitty like netflix is right we're realizing how shitty these streaming services actually are yes and you know um it was kind of like uh uh like a dying industry like blockbuster right like blockbuster was like kind of like a uh it was like a social thing like you go out and you like rent a movie and it may be shit or it may not be but it's like a you know, like a, a an interesting interaction at the very least. Um, yeah, and it goes out of business, and Netflix happens, and everyone's just like, "Okay, I guess I'll." There's, I want to like, it's has everything on there, but it has nothing you want. Yeah, it's perfect. It has everything. It has so many movies that you almost want to watch. Like, oh, I would <laughs> maybe watch that, but like not quite. It's just like this weird yeah. level where like it's right there. If it was like seven percent more interesting i would probably watch it but like it's not terrible but it's like not anything i would actually want to watch 
I don't know. But yeah, it's an interesting point you made that like on a very basic level, movie theaters are important because we have to get dressed somewhat. We have to like leave the house <laughs> and put our phone away for a couple hours probably. Um, and like we can't even do that. We can barely do that now. And in the social distancing era, we won't be able to do it at all. And so like now I think every like people aren't <laughs> people are wearing the same fucking clothes day after day. I see people posting about that. Um, people aren't bathing as much. I don't think people are on their phones way, way more than ever. Um, because you're just trapped in your fucking apartment all the time. So yeah. And like, you can't go to the gym anymore. And that used to be a time when people like wouldn't yeah. be on their phone quite as mm -hmm. much. Cause at least like you're doing reps. And so like maybe between reps, you'll check Twitter or whatever. Um, yeah. So we're fucked. Yeah. Well, like, um, speaking to that, like, um, as an experience. Yeah. Like, uh, for me, like the, you know, two places I might go usually during like my days were, um, you know, like movie theaters, I, I would, I would frequent pretty often, but the gym I'd frequent every day. Um, the, like the last, call, kind of, dude. yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. like the last thing I really did before, like all this shit went down was me and my girlfriend went to see, uh, the invisible man. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, Matt, it's the funny because enemy. it's like, yes, Shit. Um, Isn't that weird? The Invisible Man, and then like a couple weeks later, we have the Invisible Enemy. We should uh, cue the X Files theme. Um, <laughs> yes. Matt, like it's funny that you brought up the Black Cops thing because one of the um, trailers before the movie was for um, the Jigsaw kind of offshoot, the the Saw offshoot, and mm -hmm. it starts out and it's like cops finding like a dead cop, and they're like someone's targeting cops, and then Chris uh, Chris Rock is the main cop. And then, and like my girlfriend had just been telling me, talking to me about like Matt, your thing about black cop movies. And then he comes on screen as like the main cop. And then she just looks at me like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then in the invisible man, like the main, uh, Elizabeth Moss, like is the main character. Her best friend is a cop who is black. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like, like, oh my what, God. like, like all yeah, these that's white what, actors I, are losing losing out on these roles. Anyway, I mean, I, I tell people all the time. I say, look at like if you if you take five fucking seconds to look at Black Panther, you realize how racist that fucking movie is towards black people. Like, it's so fucking racist. And it's I, like, th I think the Black Panther uh, racism podcast uh, might have to wait for another day. But I definitely, yeah. I definitely <laughs> agree with your points. I really quick before. Um, I just want to, my last thing I wanted to say before we log off is, uh, Fred about your point about how, you know, all these places are closing down. They might go away forever. Like movie theaters might never yeah. exist again. And we're going to be living in a world that is, feels so different. It will feel dystopian. Um, and, and that, I think my point I just want to make from that is capitalism does not, you know, the market does not decide what's actually best for people. Um, and so that's why we see things like art and love and all these things, uh, romance becoming commodified or have been commodified for years. And Matt, you were talking about that paper you wrote about Tinder being a capitalist commodi commodification. And, mm -hmm. um, and so that's why the government has to step in and support arts and support things right. that people 
want and need because, you know, the market is a soulless entity. It does not say, oh, what do we actually need? It, it's all in the interest of the big players and who can who can rig the market the best. And so I think yeah. that's why we need to see a change because all the things we love are going to go away because they don't provide economic value to the market anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Very well said. Yeah, and so this is, I think getting back to what you were saying about a post I made a while ago, um, like now that we're stuck inside, we're trapped with Netflix and we're realizing how bad most of the shit was. And like they turned out those those shows, those series so quick, like the Punisher mm-hmm. series. It was OK, but like the dare, like all of those Marvel shows I was like excited for. You could just yeah. tell how, how quick and cheap and dirty it was. And like the big uh, Defenders thing where they had all the different yeah. heroes come together. Like it just felt so rushed to me. Like to me, like the main aesthetic of Netflix is just rushed. Um, and like that's, you know, capital speeds everything up and you could, t- you could feel capitals fucking, um, influence in every frame because of how rushed it all was. And so, cause they just wanted to crank it out. Um, and so now that we're like that society has slowed down and we're like stuck, uh, with these cultural products that have been produced over the last 10 years, we're realizing that it was all just in service of the market. And there's very little human content <laughs> to it, um, or anything that can, you know, sustain us or interest us in any kind of real way um, because it was made so quickly and so cheaply because of the, you know, dictates of capital. Um, And I think they knew that like, we're so tired and busy that like, we're only half watching this shit anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, you know, they have our full, they have our full attention and I think we're not liking what we see. I don't know. Um, Yes. I think that was, Um, I have like my last thing that I wanted to ask Fred is, um, Obviously, as the foremost scholar and 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 poster and philosopher yes. of our day and age, the the best that we have, the last yeah. public intellectual. Yep. Um, what do you think that? What do you think Nietzsche would think about the current mm. situation we're in? <laughs> mm. In America. Man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Nietzsche talked very little of America, and he thought it was just like this weird experiment that would kind of go awry, I think. So I don't think he took America very seriously. Like, he was very focused on Europe. Um, <laughs> I mean, ugh. It's a, it's a very big question. But, you know, um, just like the race to the bottom, I think, would interest him. So race to the bottom is a term that economists use. You're familiar with that in terms of like undercutting each other and like de-skilling everything whatever Mm -hmm. um and so we've seen that in the economy over the last you know 10 or 20 years or so Um, and i think that mirrors his concept of the last man of kind of just this uh flattening out or this decadence or this um paleness and weakness of the last man that he often talks about that he contrasts with uh the overman or the ubermensch or whatever um And so I think that would be his first thought is just, you know, seeing us and sensing our spirits. Uh, He would see how, you know, we've allowed ourselves to be totally beaten down and oppressed. But not only that, we like it and we like yearn for it almost. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the interesting thing about this moment is that like how ready we were to just totally submit (laughs) and stay inside and, you know, give up everything um, because we were just sort of waiting for it because we were so ex- spiritually exhausted and empty 
um, and just on our last legs as a species, sort of. And that's what the last man is. Um, it's, you know, the uh, exhausted endpoint of the human race, um, which is the, you know, importance of the overman. He has to overcome that and have the energy and vision and spirit to, you know, create a new way of being and so on. Um, and so I think he would be disgusted with how little of that there is and, you know, how glad we are to submit to power and um, how barely alive we've been, you know. Um, I think just the leveling, homogenizing effects of American society would interest him and disgust him. Um, yeah. I think in general he would be deeply disgusted. Um, I don't know. And most of my posts, I think, are written in a very disgusted tone. Um, yeah. So I, I think I look at things through a Nietzschean perspective. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry to be so negative. No, I mean, that, that was a great that was a great response. Yeah. Thanks. Gold, do you have any final thoughts before we log off? Oh, um, it, it, uh, I didn't catch what you said, Fred, but <laughs> I'll, but you mentioned Netflix series and then I just got obsessed with like like the witch like i watched the witcher series recently and i've mm. i've read the book so i uh, greatly interested in that and you brought up how like the, the series often are rushed and i was like that's exactly what happened with like this series and that yeah it's like the first whatever it's like whatever seven episodes or eight episodes and like the first six are like pretty good i think and that it jumps around and takes its time with explaining certain concepts and we get to see like all the different like stories from the books that I like. And then the final two episodes are like trying to bring like the different storylines together. And they're just kind of shitty. Like, like they take, and this is like only means something to me, but the battle of sodden Hill, which is like a very momentous occasion, right? It's this big fucking deal. And they deal with it. And like, to me is like one of those annoying ways where they just, they basically like Geralt wasn't at the battle, but they want to like they want him so desperately to be there that they basically like yeah it's like they just have to like ram through uh, these storylines and like basically yeah. you know instead of drawing a line between two points they just took the piece of paper and like stabbed right through it and like here yeah, he's there right he's he's at the battle isn't it cool it's like no it's not cool he wasn't supposed to be there god damn it. Right. Anyway, that's yeah. so I was kind of just I was looking at fucking wiki uh, for a little <laughs> bit because I was just like, I need to fact check myself here. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And, and I think that's one of the weird things about this kind of these uh, capitalist cultural products that have been produced over the last 10 years or so is that like um, like with Netflix, it offers this idea of like, oh, we're really going to explore these stories in a big way and it's going to be so imaginative and expansive and whatever, but it's really like bigger than life, but it's actually smaller than life in its execution. It like makes yeah. it feel small and like cramped and I don't know. Um, yeah. And like, I haven't watched any Netflix series for a while, but like uh, when I watched the Daredevil and Iron Fist or whatever, all, all that shit, like, yeah. You know, I was like, oh, they're bringing all these cool comic books to life and it's going to be so immersive and great and it's going to be huge and expansive. But it was just like dark and mumbly and cheap and fast and it just felt like smaller than life. I don't know. Um, But, you know, uh, capital is always a fucking lie. It promises this big grand thing, but then the actual substance and execution of it is, you know, 
not there. And this is just on like a aesthetic cultural level here. But I think you can see these things play out uh, more concretely there. Um, but, you know, uh, on the larger you know level of political economy and the way, you know, space and cities is, is set up and everything. Um, that's, I think, a through line of all of it. Well said. Well, thanks for coming on, Fred. I know we definitely enjoyed this conversation and uh, we'd be happy to have you back on if you're uh, open to it in the future. Yeah, guys, this was fun. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, uh, I'll see you guys online. <laughs> <laughs>